What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Drew Kelly Podcast. My name is Andrew Palacios, and today's topic concerns ADHD. So I'm going to start off by defining what ADHD is, which let's take a step back. Before I do that, if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, or any recommendations um, on how to make this podcast more interesting, more useful, more valuable, please do not hesitate to contact me on Instagram uh, at Drew underscore Kelly 12. Um, and I will do my best to incorporate your critiques. Now on to defining what ADHD is. So it stands for <clears throat> attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And is a common neurodevelopmental disorder most frequently diagnosed in children. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, ADHD is most often identified in the elementary school years. However, adults can demonstrate symptoms and be diagnosed as well. Boys are more than twice as likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls, but females are not necessarily less susceptible. Females with ADHD are, are, are likely underdiagnosed for a variety of reasons, including some differences in symptoms and an unequal focus on males in research. I'd like to comment here that on this, on, on this text here that, that reads boy, boys are more than twice as likely. So let's click on this here. What exactly does that mean? More than twice as likely. So boys, uh, 13% are more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls. So it's about, it's about double. So it reads here, 13% of boys, um, compared to 6% of girls. And so that makes sense, right? Because let's, let's think about it practically. attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, right? What do boys tend to tend to do with, with their free time, with their recess time? Well, back when I was a kid, elementary school, I would much rather play dodgeball. I'd much rather play soccer. I'd much rather play football. I'd much rather like, you know, like run around with a chicken without a head, uh, and and play tag it's like okay well boys have this this natural proclivity to be hyperactive and so let's take that let's 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 take that into consideration as we are identifying more information about adhd so adhd was originally called hyperkinetic reaction of childhood uh, but it wasn't until the 1960s that the that the American Psychiatric Association uh, formally recognized it as a mental disorder. And in the 1980s, the diagnosis became known as, quote, attention deficit disorder with or without hyperactivity. So let's let's briefly go over the history of ADHD, uh, a timeline. So according to Healthline.net, in the early 1900s. ADHD was first mentioned in 1902 by a British, a British pediatrician named Sir George Frederick 
uh, still. And he described it as, quote, an abnormal defect of moral control in children. He found that some affected children could not control their behavior the way a typical child would, but they were still intelligent. So that's, that's very interesting because in my mind, I'm wondering, okay, well, what is a normal child, right? So let's read, let's read here. Uh, the study is quite long. I don't think we have time to really go into this study, but um, you understand my point, right? Uh, so there was this, uh, there was this medication. It was known as Benzedrine, Benzedrine. Uh, it was introduced in 1936 by, by a man named uh, Dr. Charles Bradley. And he gave it to young patients whose behavior and performance in school improved uh, when he, when he gave it to them. So unfortunately, this received no sort of recognition, and it does not exactly explain why. So that's the first one introduced in 1936. Then the next one was Ritalin, which it's pronounced methylphenidate, methylphenidate. Uh, it was introduced in 1955, and it became more popular as an ADHD treatment as, as the disorder became better understood and diagnoses increased. Uh, it's still used today. <clears throat> A climb in diagnoses. ADHD cases began to climb significantly in, in the 1990s. There may be a few potential factors behind the rise in diagnoses. Doctors were unable to diagnose ADHD more efficiently. More parents were aware of ADHD and, and, and were reporting their child's, their children's symptoms. And last but not least, more children were actually developing ADHD. More and more medications to treat the disorder became available as the number of ADHD cases rose. The medications also became more effective, which the last that I heard about Ritalin, it's basically giving your your child a drug, and it's a psychostimulant. Heard horrible things about it. So, let's see here. Let's get into some of the data and statistics about ADHD. So, the estimated number of children aged thir three through seventeen years. That were ever diagnosed with ADHD uh, is 6 million. This data is from 2016 to 2019. Uh, so children, 265,000 children from ages three to five years were diagnosed with ADHD. The 2.4 million ch children from the ages of six to 11 were diagnosed, were, were diagnosed with ADHD. Finally, through, through 3.3 million, Children uh, from age is 12 to 17 were diagnosed with ADHD. So it seems like, according to the data, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, according to the data, the older <clears throat> the child uh, from 12 to 17 years, the, the, more, the more these children were diagnosed with, with ADHD. As we've already stated, boys were uh, about twice as likely to be diagnosed 
um, as compared to girls with ADHD. Reads here, black, non-Hispanic children and white, non-Hispanic children are, are often more, more diagnosed uh, with ADHD than Hispanic or Asian children. It's very interesting. Let's see which other, which other statistics we can love. Okay, here we go. According to a national 2016 parent survey, six in 10 children with ADHD had at least one other mental, emotional, or behavioral disorder. Uh, about half of the children with ADHD had a behavior or conduct problem, and about three in, in, in 10 children with ADHD had anxiety. I, I believe it's called comorbidity, which, okay, well, behavior or conduct problem. You know, they couldn't, they were defiant. They were often angry uh, or lost their temper. They often argued with adults or refused to comply with the rules or requests. They were often uh, resentful or spiteful. They were deliberately annoying to others or became annoyed with others. And finally, they often blamed others for their own mistakes and misbehavior. So it's very interesting how that, how that happened. So let's move on to, let's see. Actually, you know what? I want to bring this up first because I do think that, that, that this is, this is, this is just, this is just crazy. The first ever device to treat pediatric attention deficit hyperactivity disorder received clearance from the U S food and drug administration in April. The it's, it's, it's an external trigeminal nerve st stimulation system, which offers an alternative treatment option for more than six, 6 million American children with ADHD. The current standard of treatment for the disorder involves a combination of medication. It reads here, it's typically a stimulant such as an am amphetamine. So the last time I checked, amphetamine was a, was a, was a hardcore narcotic just saying, uh, drugging your children, um, uh, along with some behavioral therapy, which would depend on the child's age and so forth and so on. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, this ETNS, this external trigeminal nerve stimulation device was designed for use in children ages seven to 12 under the supervision of a caregiver. It's a small uh, electronic device that delivers low levels stimulation to the brain's tri trigeminal nerve. Each night, electrodes applied to, the applied to the forehead deliver eight hours of treatment while a child sleeps. Already studied as a potential aid for, for depression, epilepsy, and post-traumatic stress disorder in adults, the ETNS system has now been shown to produce a statistically significant reduction in ADHD systems. That's so, it just seems so, so dramatic to me. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have kids, right? Admittedly, uh, I'm, I'm not a researcher. I have my bachelor's degree in health sciences with a concentration in speech therapy. So I'm no expert when it comes to treating children with ADHD, but basically from what it looks like, <clears throat> it's not too much the problem of children, but rather the problem of adults and the system and the system above which the adults have put these children under. So it's kind of like, okay, well, 
what are the signs of ADHD? So uh, let's see here, signs of ADHD in children. ADHD primarily causes symptoms related to inattention, hyperactivity, impulsivity, or a combination of both. With ADHD, someone may experience difficulties paying attention and staying organized, excess fidgeting or restlessness, and trouble with self-control or impulsive behaviors. They're children, okay? They're children. So I, as a 24-year-old man, sometimes have trouble staying organized. So sometimes I want to get up and be active. Sometimes I have trouble with self-control and impulsive behaviors. We're, we're human, right? Uh, I would think adults should understand that even adult behavior can lack, can and does lack self-control. It does include impulsive behavior. It does include restlessness and trouble staying organized and even trouble paying attention. That's, that's just, these sound like general human flaws. And, and when we speak of children displaying these behaviors, it's, it just seems so absurd and preposterous how we're trying to drug our children along with behavioral therapy to try to get them to conform to these, to these standards, to these behavioral standards that these adults are putting them under. It, it, it just seems so unrealistic. Like if a boy, like if a boy can't pay, can't sit for like seven hours and pay attention because he wants to get up and talk and do this and that and, you know, like roughhouse with his, with his other male counterparts. And it's like, it's like, dude, he's just being a boy. Right. I mean, geez, like I'm, I'm, I'm no expert, but that's just, that's just makes sense to me. It, it makes common sense. It's commonsensical for, for me to, to think that these behaviors are, are, are typical of boys anywhere from the age of three to 17. It's just, it's just how it is. Because if we look at the evolution, if, if we, if we take this and look at it through the lens of evolutionary biology, we will, we, we will know that throughout history, our human beings were either hunter gatherers or they, they didn't live in a, in a society where we had to sit in a chair for like seven to nine hours and with a pencil or a pen and pay attention to some adult looking. No, these children ran, ran around. They played with animals. They played with each other. They roughhoused and they explored and that's that's what i think they were created to do they were created to be strong so that they can grow up to especially the boys they were they had to develop as children physically and socially in order to provide for their for themselves and for their families and for their tribes they they weren't taught we didn't evolve to sit in a classroom with these types of environments, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So in children or toddlers with ADHD, this can lead to symptoms at home in daycare or at school, such as trouble focusing on activities and becoming easily distracted, low attention span while playing or doing schoolwork, fidgeting, squirming, or otherwise having trouble 
sitting still, constantly needing movement or frequently running around, engaging in, in activities loudly or, or disruptively, excess talking and interrupting other people. Those are the signs of ADHD in children. The symptoms of ADHD in teenagers include difficulty focusing on schoolwork or other work, frequently making mistakes while doing work, trouble finishing tasks, especially schoolwork or chores, uh, frequently avoiding mentally taxing, taxing tasks, experiencing increased frustration and emotional sensitivity. This is very interesting too, because the, these symptoms, as soon as they concern teens, it seems like they're much less about activity and inattention and much, much more about just not, not, not being able to focus and trouble with task organization and time management. Okay. That's, that's, that's interesting. So signs of ADHD in adults and difficulty at college or work, trouble passing classes or, or completing work issues with self-esteem and overall mental well-being, substance misuse issues, especially with alcohol, relationship challenges with partners, family, or coworkers, and frequent accidents or injuries. So in adults, the symptoms of ADHD can appear different from those in adolescent or childhood due to the different responsibilities someone may have in childhood. And it just seems very interesting how these common signs of ADHD manifest in, in, in different stages in life. So let's now look at what factors contribute to ADHD. So let's see here. The exact cause of this condition is unknown. That's also in, interesting. Uh, researchers believe that genetics, nutrition, central nervous system problems during development and other factors play a significant role uh, that's according to Mayo Clinic. So there is strong evidence to suggest that a person's genes influence ADHD. Researchers have found that ADHD runs in families in twin and family studies. No one has yet been able to find exactly which genes influence ADHD. Many studies, however, have examined whether a connection exists between ADHD and the DRD4 gene. Let's see. Neurotoxins linked to ADHD. Many researchers believe that there is a connection between ADHD and certain common neurotoxic chemicals, namely lead and some pesticides. Lead exposure in children may affect the level of, of education they receive. I'm sorry. The level of education they achieve. It's, it's also potentially associated with inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. Uh, there is no concrete evidence that food dyes and preservatives may cause, may cause hyperactivity in some children according to the Mayo Clinic. Okay. Smoking and alcohol use. Okay. So this, this definitely makes sense to me where, you know, the, the, the nutrition part that causes ADHD symptoms uh, in children that, that doesn't really you know, because it seems like when children have trouble focusing, they have a low attention span, they're constantly squirming, you know, or like having trouble sitting still. These are just common, I say, of, I would say of, of, of children. 
they just they're just being kids whereas with whereas with teenagers it can get it, it can get a bit more complicated so if in a teen you know i was a teen one time maybe what six seven years ago <coughs> excuse me if i had a difficulty focusing on schoolwork or other work and i frequently made mistakes while 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 doing work i don't think that necessarily relates to ADHD, though, again, I'm no expert, but, you know, l let's say, for example, like I had something on my mind. I was thinking about Jessica, let's say, or Sally, or some other female, right? Because teen boys think about other teen girls. I don't think it's like, okay, well, ADHD, do I have ADHD because I have the difficulty focusing and I'm and I make frequent mistakes? Uh, do I do I have ADHD if I have trouble finishing tasks? Um, well, no. But let's say I have a I have a poor diet too. Like let's say instead of eating like a like a rice vegetable animal protein meal, I go get McDonald's with fries or something like that, right? Well, okay, I'm definitely going to have difficulty focusing. I'm definitely going to feel like shit and go like, okay, well, I don't want to finish this because I'm lazy or I'm tired or whatever. Um, you know, because teens need a need a healthy diet. Let's see here. There are, uh, oh, okay, okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's examine the signs of ADHD in adults pretty much the same thing. It's like if you have a difficulty at college or work, if you have trouble passing classes or completing work, issues with self-esteem, overall mental well-being, just seems like there, there, there are other factors and not necessarily ADHD. It's like we shouldn't really lump all these signs and symptoms and behaviors into just one umbrella term known as ADHD and then drug the children or drug the adults or drug the teens. It's like, well, no. Let's let's approach this in a more in a more nuanced way. What doesn't cause ADHD, according to Healthline.com, uh, there are many myths about what causes ADHD. Research has found no evidence that ADHD is caused by consuming excess excessive amounts of sugar, watching TV, playing video games, poverty, or poor parenting. Which you know it may, it would make sense that. This doesn't make, I, I, I disagree just based on common sense. So let's see here. Frequently avoiding mentally taxing tasks. Okay. Let's say for example, poor, poor, poor parenting. Let's say I had children and I failed to teach them that when the going gets tough, the tough, the tough get going, right? You, you should not shy away from the difficult tasks because it's, it's specifically those difficult tasks that you should do. It's like what's most difficult and what you fear the most is essentially what you should be doing. Okay. Well, do I have, do, does a teenager have ADHD if, he avoids mentally taxing tasks. No, uh, maybe he just had, 
have assholes for, for, for parents who didn't teach him properly. Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, so that could cause ADHD, you know, this like poor, poor parenting could cause frequently avoiding mentally taxing tasks or, or let's say the, 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 the parents didn't teach, teach the, the, the teenager how to, how to, you know, do task organization or, or manage their, their time properly or let's say these teens don't finish the tasks and especially schoolwork or chores and, you know, they, they, they have trouble navigating social and familial relationships. It's like this, all the, all these symptoms in teenagers can seriously be a result of poor parenting. Like, I, I don't understand why these are listed as what doesn't cause ADHD. It's like, does, do you not see how this, this is, this is just, this is just bullshit. Um, so, <clears throat> and with this, and, 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 you know, with this, with this device, it's like, geez, you know, like, are we going to really like this, this boy, this poor, this poor kid, you know, he talking excessively and he's always wants like, like wants to run around. He's a boy. What are you going to do? hook him up to some external trigeminal nerve stimulation machine. And like, it's like, damn, it's like, like, you know, like, what are we doing to these kids? You know, like just let them be kids. I don't know if I had ADHD when I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm nowadays, I'm, I'm pretty active. You know, I, I'm like, if I don't have, work out in the morning and then work during the day and then like another activity in the evening and then I'm not like reading at night if there's if, I, if my day is not filled I, I get anxiety and I and, and I and I always just want to be busy that's that's my happy place it's like what do I have ADHD it's so it just doesn't make sense so let's let's see here what other what other stuff can we find? on ADHD. So let's see here. ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay, here it is. This is this is interesting. Let's 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 take a look at this for the last three, four minutes. Persistent ADHD associated with overly critical parents. So let's let's look at the symptoms again of ADHD in teenagers. Okay, if you have over, overly critical parents, which basically means that your parents offer persistent criticism and basically from what I'm getting from this article, like your parents are always up your ass because you know, they think that you should be doing this and not, and like, not, not be doing this and doing this and not be doing this, which by the way, kid, teens especially need to, need to create their own life. You shouldn't, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a parent, but I, I definitely can say that like when I was a teen, I definitely like needed to find my own way. And, you know, I don't, I, I didn't want my, didn't want my mom 
always hammer hammering on me about something. So they frequently make mistakes while doing while doing work. Okay, well, overly overly critical parents. Let's see, they have trouble finishing tasks, especially schoolwork or chores, because maybe they're they're frustrated with their parents. So so the whole point of creating this podcast, well, this this episode in particular is like number one to to complete this challenge. Uh, I'm challenging myself to cover all the all the major psychological topics on the APA.org website. Uh, but also, you know, it makes sense that if your ch- child, teen, or other adults exhibit symptoms that are commonly associated with the quote-unquote mental disorder of ADHD, just don't always look at it like, oh, this person has ADHD. It's like, well, look at it more like maybe this person just has other other types of other types of problems going on. You know, it, it, it doesn't always need need to be about okay. Let's hook up our children our children to this to this nerves nerve stimulation machine, or let's let's give them drugs or you know other types of therapy. It's like well, just just be be more understanding and approach it in a nuanced way. So that's all I have for you all for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please feel free to hit me up on Instagram, uh, Drew underscore Kelly 12, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions about how to improve. And uh, you all have a great day, and thanks for listening.